Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, everyone. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good evening, Rush Nation. It might be evening, it might be morning, it might be afternoon by the time this reaches you, but welcome to the Five Yard Rush Daily Fantasy Sport Podcast. As always, I say as always, three weeks in, I am still here, your host, Nick, and I'm joined by Mr. Mark Ferguson, Esquire. How are you doing, Mark? <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm doing great. Um, after a very up and down week last week, ready to tackle this again. I had a poor showing with the classic lineups, but I made up for it with my Thursday and Monday night showdown slates. Um, generally, this season's showdown has been very good for me, um, but I think it's it's a, it's a style of map game that you need to spend a fair bit of time on. Definitely more time than you do a classic lineup. So, um, but it saved me this week. So, please, uh, please do that. What about yourself? Well, I'm glad one of us had some ups because I certainly didn't. Plenty downs, not many ups. Uh, very a lot of low lights, not many highlights. So, I'm I'm going to keep my bit brief when we go over what <laughs> what went well because there isn't much of that. There's a lot of what didn't go well, but I'd really rather not talk about it. But we'll uh, we'll definitely come back to that. So. The aim, as always, this week will be to bring you what players we're, we're looking at, who our considerations are for week 11. So we'll be focusing on the classic lineup as we do go through. We'll be cl- focusing on tiers a little bit later on as well. While we're on tiers, Mark, you might as well share the news with the listeners on what you know the tiers score from this past week. Uh, well, it was... It was a complete humiliation, wasn't it, Nick? Um, it was. <laughs> yeah, it just sums up my weekend, to be honest. <laughs> not really, not really. I've got to take a win whilst I can. Uh, I, I scored 124 points, you scored 92. Makes us one all on the season. One all. Which is, um, which is a surprise to me, because I really wasn't confident. After when we ran through our lineups last week, I really wasn't confident. Do you know what? When I look back on mine, I was I was just like, why, why did I pick that? Why why did I pick him? Why did? But hindsight doesn't you know hindsight doesn't win daily fantasy sports, and no one ever plays this game with hindsight, do they? So if, I was if we did, like we'd all be was, millionaires. Yeah, well, oh yeah, definitely. I was literally doing that as I was reading them out. So <laughs> 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 um, so 
recap on last week then, Mert? You said that there was um, some some nice bits for you in the showdown, but overall, how mm. did your weekend go DFS? So, yeah, this, the Thursday night showdown last week was good for me. I 4X'd my money. I won a ticket to the Millie Maker, which I completely wasted. I think I was almost last in that, <laughs> which is, you'd serve a prize for that, to be honest, with so many entries. <laughs> I had, I played about I played a total of nine lineups last week and I chose the lowest scoring one to enter into the Millie Maker. So that was great. Uh, I was really pleased with our pick of Josh Reynolds on the pod last week. It's about that was about the best, best positive on the classic main slate. Very frustrated about my own choices on the Pittsburgh Cincinnati game because I was quite quite heavily exposed to that game and then all the talk of the weather took me off it so I got rid of all of the receivers I had based on that game which yeah. included a lot of Claypool, Deontay Johnson and uh, T Higgins on the other side If I and also Big Ben and they were they were one of the surprises of the um, slate really in terms of scoring because it was generally low scoring slate but that game was quite high scoring Yeah, uh, and uh, the reason for that was I kind of overreacted to what happened two weeks or three weeks earlier where Cleveland played the Raiders in Cleveland I don't know if you remember, but the weather was atrocious, and I think mm. it was like a 13-3 score or something. And I actually left all my players in for that game, and I got, you know, they did nothing. So this time I went completely the other way. And I think my frustration isn't the fact I fade, isn't the fact that I took the weather into account. I think I probably should have left one of my lineups with the walk still in it. Yeah. So that's something for me to learn going forwards. So yeah, that was, that was it for me. And what about yourself? Absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. I, I'd, I, I had too much faith in Jared Goff against that dreadful Seahawks secondary. And even though it was a good performance on the whole from the Rams, that wasn't really courtesy of Jared Goff's performance or Cooper Cup, who I also had in a lot of lineups. Um, the only pleasing thing from my lineups really was that the guys who I went budget, so JD McKissick was one we spoke about on the pod last week. Jacoby Myers was another one we spoke about. Jacoby Myers suddenly has become the quarterback one of the New England Patriots. So imagine my surprise when I woke up and he is 15.86 drafting points with a passing touchdown. And that was one of the highlights of the week for me, Jacoby Myers and JD McKissick. So when, when that is your highlight of your weekend in daily fantasy sports, you've probably had a pretty poor week, which is what I did have. My issue was that a lot of my top-end guys, so your James Robinsons, Aaron Jones, I doubled up on in quite a few lineups because I just felt that one of those would have a big game and the other one had a chance of having at least a decent game, but actually they both just had quite subpar average games for the price range anyway. They were decent scores on the surface, but not you know, not lighting the world up or anything like that. Same with Cooper Cup. I mean, his score was poor, to be fair. But you, you know, if you if you're spending six, seven thousand on these kind of players, you're expecting some kind of return, and it just wasn't there. And that's pretty much where I fell down last week. Can you imagine? Not even at the beginning of the season. If two or three weeks ago, I told you you're going to your highlight your week would be JD McKissick and Jimmy Myers. God. Uh, the only the only positive from it is that I think it, it, it makes me think, do you know what? You actually sometimes know what you're talking about. And that was the only thing that I took from it. Um, but yeah. <laughs> you just need to find nine nine players that you know what you're talking about <laughs> in one lineup now. <laughs> Piece of cake. If I, did that, if I did that, Mark, we probably wouldn't be on this podcast, <laughs> would we? I'd be off on an island somewhere, sunning it. Maybe me trying to work life. out how to... Me trying to work out how to start recording and stuff on here. <laughs> I'd probably actually be charging for this advice, is what I'd be doing. Uh, so, yeah, well, yeah. we can move on to a new week, though, now. It's Absolutely. Great week about new, week, new week, clean slate, week 11. Let, let's attack it. And we'll start with the classic lineup, like we do, Mark. Um, run me through your quarterback picks for this week. Okay, so my expensive quarterback pick is Ben Roethlisberger. He's 6.7K this week. But the last month or so, Pittsburgh have gone very pass-heavy. James Connor, who's usually one of my main play picks, is um, he's just not been, he's not been scoring at all. In fact, so much so, I'm probably going to stop. I'll probably fade him this week. 
And um, the Jags have been giving up a lot of points to the receivers and quarterbacks. Um, and they've been doing that most of the season. So we've been attacking them all year, haven't we? Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's my expensive one. Do you want my cheap one now? Or do you want... Why not? You're on a roll. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll go with Baker Mayfield. That's my cheap one. The, uh, it was interesting. Down there, that price range of 5, 5.4K, there's also Alex Smith and Andy Dalton there as well. And Andy Dalton's coming back this week, I do believe. The reason I went for Baker Mayfield was I suspect he might be the least owned out of the three, which would be unusual for him. And the reason for that, I think, is pretty obviously the last two games he's played has been in the worst win conditions of the season. So the offense have done nothing through the air. I mean, and also the opposition offenses have fallen. So as long as the weather's good, and that's a big disclaimer at the moment, but I'm not here, not heard anything about bad weather at the moment. He is capable of a 30-point fantasy game any week. He has done that this year, week seven. And at 5.4K, you can't really ask for much more from your quarterback. I don't think the other ones down there, like Smith or Dalton, are capable of 30 points. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I actually like that price. I'd, I'd looked prior to coming on the pod. I just thought I'd have a glance over. And Alex Smith was one that you've just mentioned that I did quite like the look of myself down there. Um, even though he loves a check down, he seems like he's... He, it just seems a little bit more comfortable week on week now that he's got his um, his legs back under him, so to speak. <laughs> um, but yeah, Baker Mayfield, I completely agree with you on that one. And Philadelphia Eagles, let's be honest, uh, nothing special this season. Yeah. Um, Cleveland look like anything but the Browns at the moment. They, they actually look mm-hmm. like a team that's destined for the playoffs. So um, yeah, love those picks, Mark. Um, I feel like at the top end I don't know if you agree this week but a lot of the top end quarterbacks I feel have got almost trap matchups so as I was going down the list I was like Lamar Jackson he's he's playing the Titans Rodgers is playing the Colts um you know Herbert is playing the Jets that's probably a a decent-ish pick but again they're a they're not a great defense but they're not an awful defense um I love the Big Ben pick. That seems to be an obvious one. I think Kirk Cousins could have quite a good game against Dallas. They're a fairly competent run defense, but not a great passing defense. So I think that lends to Kirk Cousins. And there's a, a couple of players, you know, Jefferson, Thielen, I think both need to be in consideration this week. Um, I'm hoping what will happen is Dallas will scheme for Dalvin Cook and that will open up the passing game a little bit more. I quite like the look of famous Jameis Winston this week at 5.9. A few reasons why. Uh, obviously, the injury that was sustained last week by Drew Brees means that Winston looks like he's going into this week as the starter. Um, everything seems to point to that being the case at the moment. Taysom Hill, I mean, has Taysom Hill even thrown? Passes. I feel like Taysom Hill is deployed in every role except the role that he's supposed to be playing in. Um, and I, I don't know what it is, but I really dislike Taysom Hill for that reason. I, like, it comes in as a quarterback, but does anything but. It's probably not yeah. his fault that he's a bit of a, a Swiss Army knife kind of player and jack of all trades. But the reason I like Winston there is, I think you look back on last season and it wasn't a great season in terms of, I think it was 33 passing touchdowns and he he had almost as many interceptions. But that 33 passing touchdowns was ranked second only to Lamar Jackson, who went on to become MVP. Um, I think he also had either the most or second most passing yards as well in the league last year. So, you know, the, the capability to sling the ball is there. His eyesight, mate, I think... I feel like I've I've dreamt this, but I feel like it's also a true story that he, he had some kind of eye operation in the off season to to fix something with his eyesight. Okay, could could be wrong on that. Might have just made that one up. Um, but I feel like I've read that somewhere. But I think with Winston, I mean, he's he's on the Saints. There's there's talent everywhere. You look the receiver, Kamara. Running back who's heavily involved in the passing game. So at 5.9, he seems like a good start. He came in and did 
10, 10 passes, completed six of them, 63 yards, took a couple of sacks. Uh, but that was against San Francisco. He has got a much easier test this week against the Falcons. So it, it's one of them where I'm certainly not planting a flag there, but I just think that he's probably, he's, he's got the talent where he should really be starting when you look across the league at some of the quarterbacks that are starting week to week. Jameis Winston should really be a starting quarterback. So I quite like him at the 5.9 bracket this week. Uh, I just looked it up. You're right. He had LASIK eye surgery in the offseason. Well, there you go. I knew I'd read and, that somewhere. Yeah. And also, Taysom Hill has a passer rating of 118.8 at the moment. That, Which is... that has to be made up. It has <laughs> to be. Well, that's what it says on DraftKings. <laughs> it's, he's only thrown, I can't work out how many years, five passes all season. Uh, what to put funny enough to put it sorry. into context? Has he actually thrown a touchdown yet this season? No, Jacoby Myers has. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, the um, funny, oddly enough, Taysom Hill is this is a tight end on Paddy Power Fantasy. So we're obviously not talking <laughs> about that now. But you can play two two quarterbacks. He may well. He might as well be a tight end for what he does. He might as well be a receiver, running back, a punter, a kicker, a snapper. He, yeah. Who even so knows what Hill is. I, um, I love the Cousins pick in particular because, like you said, it's almost, it's a leverage playoff Dalvin Cook. So Dalvin yep. Cook's going to be, what, 30% owned in most things? Mm. In most tournaments, I would think, if not more. So if, like, uh, Monday night, was it Monday night or Sunday night? Monday night, I think. He has a disappointing game. Then, obviously, you're ahead of the field if... Um, if you go the other way. Yeah. So I really like that. And, um, and there's some interesting stuff I think we'll come on to later to do with Jameis Winston, actually. Uh, that's an interesting game. That's a really interesting game for stacking, I think. We'll move on to the running backs then, yeah. Mark. So I'll mm-hmm. kick us off with the running backs. I quite like the look. DeAndre Swift. Um, a lot of running backs have had success running against Carolina this season. And, even though he's well, he's not really a top end price. I wouldn't say at six thousand four hundred. It's probably the higher end of the mid level pricing. Um, but six thousand four hundred seems a fair price there, and he seems to be more and more involved in his his team's offense week on week. His last two weeks, he's had thirteen and sixteen rushing attempts, but he's also catching passes out of the backfield. So I quite like that pick. Um, but the pick that really intrigues me this week is the two well I say two it's actually three when you include Jordan Wilkins but I'm going to disregard Jordan Wilkins I'm going to focus on Naheem Hines and Taylor Um, and I've included Hines there because of the price at 5.2 is the cheaper of the two and he seems to be the favoured back when it comes to the little the little dump off passes and the screen passes but I feel like there has to be a week where Jonathan Taylor goes off. That There has to be a week where Jonathan Taylor performs like the running back we were expecting coming out of college. It's not happened really thus far. And what worries me is that his actual usage has dropped in the last couple of weeks. But... This is, it's almost like the perfect opponent at the at the right time because his stock is as low as it's been since he's entered the league. But he's facing Green Bay and they give up 33.1 drafting points per week against running backs. We know that running backs have had success running the ball. James Robinson had an okay week last week. It wasn't anything that leapt off the page, but he still had a a decent enough week against Green Bay and that was in a game where it was pretty close, but the Packers were leading throughout most of that, if not all the game. Um, So yeah, I I just, I like that matchup there. If people want to go with the budget and you've not quite got enough funds, then maybe look at Heinz. But for me, there's got to be a week where Jonathan Taylor justifies the hype and I think this could be the week I love your faith I love your <laughs> <laughs> it's mainly misplaced one, the one week you're right it's going to be fantastic <laughs> he's, he's a player I was picking at the beginning of the season he's on my fade list now until he does something so yeah. on the expensive running backs um, I'll be playing a lot of Alvin Kamara which seems like a 
pretty safe pick. He's a 9.2k and he's, probably, he's the most expensive actual running back who's playing. What I found is a very interesting stat about him is he's played Atlanta six times in his career and he's never scored a touchdown against them. Now, this isn't because they've got his number or anything, because actually in every other stat, he's, he's, he's been fine against them. Just hasn't scored a touchdown yet. That's um, mad for a player of his calibre, really. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And um, to be honest, because he's because he's um, had he's been so targeted in the passing game. I really, when I was looking at stats and, and stuff, I really I was considering him because Atlanta's so bad against wide receivers rather than against running backs. Actually, they're quite good against running backs and DK scoring. Yeah, but they're um, terrible in terms of um, wide receiver, and that's kind of how he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just actually going to ask you before I carry on. Derek Henry at eight K against Baltimore. Do you think he's going to be owned? What's he? What's his ownership at the moment? I don't. I don't, I don't have a clue. I'm just. I just. I just have a feeling that this is November. This is late November. It's Derek Henry's season. Mm. He's up. What should be a tough matchup, but he's only eight K. He's sitting in a sort of no man's land pricing wise. Yeah. I mean, he had a great game against them in the playoffs last season, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, it's tempting, isn't it? Okay, and I think yeah, pivot off the of Kamara and Cook as well. Yeah, there, there yeah. seems there seems like there's something wrong there with Baltimore this year. And Derrick Henry, I think you could put him against the league's best rushing mm-hmm. defense, and you've still got a good chance of him performing because of how he runs. It's he just grinds teams down, and he's always mm-hmm. capable of just that that big play where he breaks the line, and then yeah. you're just not going to tackle him in open space. It's just not happening. So I always get the feeling he's doing it in the at the beginning of the fourth quarter as well. I've got yeah. no, I've got nothing to back that up. But like, from his own two yard like. line, yeah, exactly <laughs> what it feels like. And um, and at eight k, just I don't think you're going to get him cheaper. This mm-hmm. year, okay. Anyway, he wasn't the player I want to talk about though. After tomorrow, actually, um, Damien Harris, the Patriots, is my second pick at running back. Uh, I never, I never used to feel confident picking Patriots running backs because, as we know, Belichick switches around their usage all the time. It, it always feels like one back will be focused on one week, and then it'll be a different back the next week, and then it'll be another back the next week. But Damien Harris has been pretty consistent the last three weeks and getting 16, 14 and 22 carries, which is definitely bell cow sort of work and definitely in terms of New England. Um, they're up against Houston, who are the third worst team against running backs, DK scoring. Um, also, and this is really, this is just, I, I can't remember where I came across this stat, but he averages 5.1 yards per carry on first down and Houston is giving up 5.7 yards per carry on first down. Well, you only need to do the math there. <laughs> so, so that's, that seems like a, that seems pretty good fantasy scoring. The one, the obvious downside is he's not particularly involved in the passing game mm. at all. So obviously it's a PPR site, but that's why he's 5.7K. And the other thing I like about him is you can play um, Brandon Cooks or Will Fuller on the opposite side in the same lineup to, for a correlation play, and I think for quite cheap correlation play as well. So mm. uh, I am um, I'm definitely going to be having some exposure to Damien Harris this week. I like that pick, and I like how he's he's sort of emerged because as well as playing daily fantasy sports, I do play a lot of fantasy leagues, and Damien Harris is someone I was targeting late in a lot of drafts in the off season, so. To, to have him stashed and he started the season I think on injured reserve but to have him now as someone that you can almost confidently flex each week is, yeah. is perfect and I, I love the love the price there 5.7 he's I mean you look at that price compared to Taylor or, or Hines and he's not really in a situation where he has anyone threatening his his carries at the moment whereas we, we think well, we, yeah, we think New England is like <laughs> yeah. Let, let's just rein Bill Belichick in for a second. But mm. yeah, I mean, you look at prices of other running backs that are in committees, and that's that. You know, five point seven is a fair price. I like that. Yeah, I think also with the ranges in lot, of, lot of um, ownership will go on Duke, Duke Johnson, uh, McKissick, uh, Bernard if uh, Mixon's out again. So I think he's he could be a good player in that respect as well. So um, mm. 
Yeah, and also Salman Ahmed of Miami as well, which is a he was a bit of a revelation. Yes, yeah. last week wasn't he? So <laughs> where did they him find him at all? I know, I know. Well, the Dolphins are a revelation this season, aren't they? So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely love them. Um, talking of which, <laughs> wide receivers. That wasn't that wasn't planned at all. This was. You'll find out why I say that in a minute. Um, I'm going first. My first pick is Justin Jefferson. Kind of following on a little bit from your Kirk Cousins pick as well, um, for very similar reasons to you. Um, for your Kirk Cousins kiss, um, kick pick, even <laughs> um, Dallas are awful fancy wise against receivers and quarterbacks. Um, the great thing about Minnesota is you know. The targets, majority of targets are going to Jefferson or Thielen. Yeah, that's just that's just week in week out. They're as they're as concentrated a target tree as anybody. Um, and what you'll find is, uh, looking back at the stats, you'll get usually get one of them will be over thirty percent targets a week. Now, some weeks it's Jefferson, some weeks it's Thielen. Um, Jefferson is the cheaper of the two this week, which is why I like him. But he's also the big play um, guy, and it's a good leverage play off of Cook. So um, I'd definitely be playing him. And my other receiver was Jakeem Grant, which, um, talking to the Dolphins, he's still only 3500 on DraftKings. Last week he was minimum priced at 3 k He was on for a ridiculous amount of snaps, 76% of snaps he was on, which is fantastic for a 3 k receiver. Yeah, He only had five targets in that game, but um, Tua's not throwing the ball that much at the moment, but I think that's increasing as... As they get more confidence in the, you know, coaches get more confident with him in mm-hmm. the system, and as you know, Jakeem Grant's always the fastest guy on the, on the field. So anytime he gets the ball, he's always capable of taking it to the house. Yeah. So a three and a half k against a very middling Denver defense just seems like a pretty obvious pick to me. Yeah, and I've actually on on the flip of that, that's one of the reasons why I like the look of KJ Hamler because. His last two weeks, he has been heavily targeted from Denver. He's had 10 targets, his last two performances. Um, The reason I like that is because of, I think the game script of that game will be, I don't know about you, Matt, but I'm favouring Miami again there against Denver. Hard to to overlook at the moment because of how the the defence is playing, but their offence is efficient enough that it's it's putting points up and getting it done. So I think game script-wise, that's going to be another game where Denver finds themselves putting the ball in Drew Locke's hand and throwing more often than not. They've been a bit... Is Drew Locke going to be playing? Has that been confirmed Good question. Because wasn't he injured? Throw a spanner in the works. Well, interestingly... Jeff Driscoll is the. He's at 4,500, and I can't see Drew Locke on the list. So maybe. Oh, he's, uh, down he's, as, he's down as questionable. Yeah. Um, he's not doing it, much in practice today because he's got ribs. Yeah, so that that could be one to watch. Um, mm. But yeah, I'd, I'd quite like 3,600 for someone that's had 20 targets in the past two weeks. Uh, it seems to be trending upwards at the moment so I did quite like that but my main pick and one that's almost becoming a fixture proof if you will is Terry McLaurin um, I've actually picked him out a couple of times and I love the Jefferson pick by the way he's also in a lot of my lineups this week and on my article on the five yard site um, which should be landing tomorrow um, I've got Jefferson in there uh, he, he seems all or nothing at the moment, Jefferson. He's, he's either it's a big week or it's a single figure score. There's no sort of grey area in the middle. Um, but I completely get your reasons for for picking him, and that's exactly why I've included him as well. But Terry McLaurin, he's, he's so hard to leave out at the moment with how he's producing, and it just doesn't seem to matter who's throwing him the ball either. What I thought was that. Alex Smith at quarterback could potentially harm his production because Alex Smith likes to check down. I think he's. I think I read a stat that he's he checks down eleven point five percent of the time, or he did in this most recent week. Which that that's it's a quite significant number when you think of the passes that a quarterback throws. But 
um, that I, I just thought with Alex Smith, he tends to look short field rather than long, and that could affect McLaurin, but it didn't at all. From what I could see in on red zone, there was a lot of McLaurin running across rather than up, um, you know, little slants and stuff like that um, in and out route. So they, they got the ball in his hand. Um, another big performance in week 10 from him, 18.2. He's only, only one occasion this season that he's had a single figure score. Every other game that he's suited up in, he's had double figures and he's actually had 20 plus in four of those as well. He's becoming one of those receivers where every week I just look at his price straight away and think I can fit him in, you know, at 6,900 this week. I don't think that's an expensive price for someone that's facing Cincinnati, which they're not a great defense anyway against wide receivers. So yeah, I I like that. He's one of them where I just can't overlook him every week at the moment. And I'm sure you'll agree being a Washington football team fan. I'm a little bit biased. He's, um, He's on the season. He gets 27 percent of the targets which for one player is a lot yeah and um and like you say it's been with all the different quarterbacks and stuff um last, last two weeks jd mckissick's taken a fair bit of him but he's great yards after the catch mclaurin so which is why these slant rounds like he throw any slant rounds because they just want him to you know turn the corner and go and um yeah, yeah I, i'm picking him every week it's his price doesn't seem to be going up as much as his production either no. on DraftKings. Um, so yeah, I do like him for that. Well, he he started the season at five six and he crept up to five nine quite quickly, and then since then he's been just incrementally going up mm. by a couple of hundred each week. But there's been a couple of weeks where he's dropped down, where he's faced maybe tougher opposition, or he's you know the quarterback issues that mm. Washington have had. But he's six thousand nine hundred is his most expensive, but it's only a hundred dollars more than his most expensive and that still doesn't feel that expensive for the output that you're getting from him at the moment he's, he's averaging 18.3 points on the season which is you know that's you, you only have to look at the wide receivers and outside of your, your likes of Devonte Adams and Calvin Ridley he's, he's right up there mm. No, no, he's a great, he's a great pick, and um, I think you can play him in if you're playing double ups and cash, or you play him in tournaments because he's so reliable. Yeah. Uh, and actually, funnily enough, last week's eighteen points seemed like a bit of a disappointment, whereas obviously because <laughs> <laughs> of the nature of how he's been playing and stuff, but it, it isn't. It's a, you know, it's still three times his, his price. So mm. great pick. What about your tight ends? Well, what an awful week for tight ends last week was absolutely dreadful. Um, I mean, I, I like like the Hunter Henry pick. There's not a lot that's standing out for me tight ends this week, Mark, to be honest. Um, the Hunter Henry pick, I think, is more so because he does see his share of targets. And though he doesn't go for massive yards, he's always a threat when it comes to the red zone. Um, and he's playing the New York Jets, and I... I, I as, you know the the Chargers. I th- think they're the only team that have lost every game by one score so far this season. Um, but this is one that I fully expect them to win. Um, so yeah, I, I do like him there at four six. Probably from the expensive tight ends, he's the only one that I do like. Um, though I do understand one of the ones that you've mentioned, but we'll come to that in a moment. The the budget option that I like is Logan Thomas. Um, Again, I think it just comes back to Alex Smith lo- loving a check down. And we, we know that when a quarterback checks down, he's looking either for his running back or his, his tight end. Um, he's, when you actually look at Logan Thomas's score, he's had fairly consistent scores. He, he's Like all tight ends, he's had weeks where he's had the really disappointing single figure four or five. But on the whole, he's... His average on the season isn't that bad. Um, you know, 8.5 fantasy points per game for the season. Not great, but we're talking about tight ends. I mean, in his last four weeks, he's had double figures three times. So I just think the targets are going to be there for him. Again, he's a tight end, so there's, there's always that threat that when you get down to the goal line, if, if you're not running the ball in 
like you did a couple of times last week, you're probably looking for a big body in, in the end zone and that's going to be a tight end. So the fact that Cincinnati are the team in town as well, who've, who've given up 16.4 points to the position, only solidifies the choice for me. So I, I do quite like Logan Thomas at 3,300. Feels like a bit of a bargain this week. Yeah, I, I picked him as well. Um, and yeah, matchup is great against the Bengals. He's actually, Thomas has kind of become almost like the wide receiver too for mm. Washington. Or I say wide receiver, in a reality, that's wide receiver three, isn't it? Because of McKissick. But um, he's only three in the 3.3 case. He doesn't have to do much. Anyway, he doesn't really hurt you if he doesn't if he does score like six or seven points. Yeah, he's only three point three k, which is the main part of it. So yeah, I was I'll definitely be playing him. Um, my main pick though is Hayden Hurst. Funny enough, this game between the Saints and um, and Atlanta, tight end wise, they've both got good matchups. Um, Cook has as well. Mm. Um, in fact, I think Cook's matchup is is I think it's the best. I think they're the worst, the Falcons against the tight ends. All the faith you have in Jameis, Winston, I couldn't really pick Jared Cook because I don't know where he's going to throw the ball. Yeah. So Hayden Hurst has become has been so consistent with his scoring, especially over the last four games. Uh, all in double figures. I think it's just four. Yeah, all in double figures. His last three games, he's had eight, seven, and seven targets. He's due a TD as well. He hasn't, he hasn't scored one in three weeks. And I just want exposure to that game, really, the Atlanta-New Orleans game. Yeah, it's, He's also a good player to um, to play opposite Kamara. If you're playing Kamara, also play Hayden Hurst. That fits in well with game script and correlation. And yeah, I just I just like that game as a whole. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, I just realised Jordan Aikens is only 2.5k this week. <laughs> <laughs> I looked myself for Aikens. <laughs> Uh, I still um, that what made me think about Aikens was the fact that when you were talking about Thomas is having seen him quite a bit he's Thomas is just looks athletic when he's on the field and when he's got the ball he's running he just looks good and that's why I picked Jordan Aikens for the last couple of weeks which hasn't worked out and that's what made me think about it I feel like I feel like red zone last week every time it cut to the Houston and Cleveland game and Houston had the ball I feel like Every time they had the ball, for some reason, I was seeing Jordan Aikens on my screen. So imagine my surprise when I've just had a look, and he was only targeted once in that game. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. But that game was um, that was a bad weather game again. Oh, so. awful, awful. Yeah. So yeah, he might be he might be worth a go. Two point five. Okay? You never know. Yeah, I, I echo your your sentiments on the Jared Cook pick as well. I actually looked at what Troutman was, but again, mm. it, it's you don't know where the ball's going to be going this week with Winston at quarterback. So, And Jared Cook, as productive as he has been in his New Orleans career, um, and we know that tight ends were fairly well used when Winston was, was in Tampa Bay. It, the, the ball was spread, but I know, I know at the time he had Cameron Brait and OJ Howard. So it's a different offense. They don't use tight ends in the same way that Tampa Bay did so it's one I'm just a bit hesitant on but if people do want to go down that route so that they've got an avenue into that game I can't blame anyone if you are targeting someone like Jared Cook at that price yeah I just I just I just think there's too many questions there uh, it, it could well end up coming back you know coming back to haunt, haunt me by not picking him but I think I'd, I'd definitely that game I want Hurst I think there's other options around that price as well yeah. which are better than Cook but we shall see. We'll round off the picks yeah. then with the defences, Mark. So who have you gone with on the defence? Well, let's should we keep to the same game because all this talk of exposure to this game, I really like the Falcons' defence this week. It's only 2.3k. That's why I like them. Obviously, with a Jameis, if Jameis gets the start, then there's a, a pick six has got to be on the cards, hasn't it? <laughs> it's got to be on the cards. Like, so I actually think because of the nature of Jameis and how, and this worked out um, when he was playing in Tampa Bay as well, is you wouldn't in normal circumstances play a defense against a player in your lineup. Uh, but I think you can do that with uh, with this game with Atlanta. So you can play Kamara and play the Falcons defense. 
or you can play Jameis and the Falcons defense because he's so likely to get a pick six mm-hmm. and he's he's going to throw multiple interceptions. Everybody's expecting that. That actually you, it can be a good correlation play. Yeah. Um, so I really like them. I also like um, Washington defense as well. We've got a lot of Washington on the show today. Yeah, yeah. Um, worrying amount of Washington. Yeah, very worrying about it. <laughs> we start again? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Bengals are the second most sacked team. Washington do have a really good def- um, defensive front if they're not giving away stupid rough and up pass of calls, and, um, which is why we lost the game last week. And uh, yeah, I think um, there'll be some you know, potential sack and fumbles in that game. Yeah. What about you? Who are you going for? I'm breaking my own rule a little bit here, and I like the look of the Vikings, even though I try and look at defences that are less than 3,000 because you're just not guaranteed much output. I do like the Vikings. I think they've turned a corner in the last couple of weeks. It seems to me like they've started to find ways to turn the ball over consistently. So four interceptions in the last two weeks, uh, fumble recovery. They don't have a massive sack output, um, but one thing they do seem to have done, which they were struggling with at the start of the season, is they seem to be keeping the score down as well in recent weeks which obviously is part of your defensive scoring is, is coming from the points conceded as well so um, at scores of 9 and 10 in the last two games and rightly so a price increase especially because they're playing Dallas and Dallas have been the turnstile of quarterbacks this season you mentioned Andy Dalton's back which mm-hmm. I, I expected because I think he was out with concussion was he so he should have gone through that mm-hmm. protocol and be back this week but in his last start, he, he didn't look all that inspiring. So I think the Vikings have turned a bit of a corner this season and that could be a game where if if Dalvin Cook controls things on the ground, then it could be a clock-managing game. And when Dallas are on the field, I think they will, will struggle to score points. I, I just think the Vikings have suddenly turned into the defence we all thought they might have been going into the season. I do like the, the Browns, though, as well which just worth noting at 3000 against the Eagles, Carson Wentz looks dreadful at the moment. Yeah. And the Browns, um, I mean, they're, they're having a good season, but for all the faults, they always seem to be a fairly capable defense and they've put up some respectable scores this season defensively. Um, again, they're a team that seems to get fairly consistent sacks, not a massive amount of turnovers. They did to start the season, but that's dried up a little bit recently, but yeah, I, I suppose it's one of those games where it depends which Eagles turns up, but it also equally depends which Browns team turns up. But at 3000 I think they're quite a fair price as well. Yeah, I picked against um, Carson Wentz last week with defences by going with the Giants, mainly because of how many interceptions he threw. He didn't throw one last week, funnily enough. He still had 12 interceptions so far this season. So I yeah. think um, I do like that, and I do like Minnesota. I think that... Um, I think there's a lot of decent defences you can play this week, actually. Mm. Normally, I'm just so uninspired by defence, but I think you can actually get some really good value uh, all the way down. For example, Denver, you know, you've got to imagine Tua will have at some point a bad game. Yeah. And, um, and Denver are, what are they, 2.4? Yeah, 2.4. And they're at home. Mm. I mean, it doesn't mean much in terms of the crowd, but obviously it does in terms of the altitude. So Definitely. So, yeah, yeah. I don't want him to have a bad game this week, by the way, because I want Jaquim Grant to do well. But you just. <laughs> you never know. No, absolutely not. Not in this game, anyway. No. Uh, that rounds us off for the classic lineup, then. So, we will move on, then, Mark, as regular listeners to the show know. The podcast always ends in tears. It certainly did for me last week. <laughs> Um, Tears has switched it up a little bit this week. So last week we had the former first round picks, second round picks, third round picks, and then low round picks. This week we're back on playmakers. So the tiers are made up of tier one, the pocket passes are back. Tier two, the mobile quarterbacks. Tier three are the Belco running backs. Tier four are the committee running backs. And that is a dreadful tier, can we just say? It should be the tier of running backwards as opposed to running backs. Um, tier five, we've got the target leader wide receivers. Tier six, we've got the deep threat receivers. Tier seven, the possession receivers. And tier eight, we've got the receiving tight ends. So 
run me through your tiers lineup this week, Matt. We'll start with quarterback. Yeah, okay. I've gone for Matt Ryan in tier one. Interesting. Exposure to that game as much as I can. Interesting. I've gone with Big Ben, and I thought you might have done, given he was one that you mentioned earlier. But yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I think Tier- I'm going to do the same as I did last week, as in if I'm going to play Big Ben in my classic lineup, I'll play somebody different, possibly in tiers. Diversify. Um, Why not? Yeah, that's the idea. Tier two. I've gone for Lamar Jackson. Oh. Which is, um, I just I think he's got to do better at some point. Mm, okay. I've gone for Deshaun Watson. Um, mm. Again, only for the reason that he's him and Houston have started looking fairly competent again recently up till last week which was an awful game but I think we can write that one off I think that's going to be a sneaky shootout game as well Houston New England mm, definitely I think they'll have some stacks of that tier three I've gone for Dalvin Cook played that one pretty safe ah, see, I'm, going to, I'm going to fade him in most in almost every other lineup so yeah I've gone for Alvin Kamara there because I just can't overlook the um, the involvement in both passing and and running plays. He, he's being targeted like a, a wide receiver one at the moment, so I, I can't ignore that there. Yeah. Tier four? No, you're tier four. Go on, the you running backwards. The... <laughs> yeah, he's gonna. I'm, going to. I'm, I'm I'm planting my flag on Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> reluctantly. Oh, that is a brave flag. I've gone for <laughs> Kalen Bellage, just based on the fact that today Anthony Lynn said at a press conference that he's, a, he's their lead back now. Whether that turns out to be true, I do not know. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, tier yeah. five. Tier five. I've gone for your man, Terry McLaurin. Ah, okay. It's a tough, um, tough tier, this one. I've gone for Keenan Allen in this tier mm. uh, because of where he operates sometimes out of the slot and the Jets aren't great against slot receivers. So I like him there. I think he'll definitely see a show of targets. So tier six. Mm. Uh, Will Fuller. Will Fuller, good pick. And I've gone Justin Jefferson, so I've gone with your man there. This is going to be an interesting week of tiers. Almost you'll be cheering for some and then almost like reluctantly not cheering for yeah I have, a, I have a feeling that if I do well in in the classic lineups I'm going to lose in tiers <laughs> <laughs> it's inevitable who have you picked for tier 7 I've gone with Deontay Johnson so even though that is a crowded bunch of receivers for Pittsburgh he seems to be the one that is emerging as, as the sort of true wide receiver one Um double figure targets in five of the games he's started in this year so yeah I've gone for Johnson there yeah I have as well I think that's our first one that we've doubled up on oh interesting he's, uh, when he's healthy he's I mean they're, they're all good options there aren't they between mm. him and Juju and Claypool but yeah when he's healthy I do like him yeah coming off a big week as um, well yeah and in final your tight end like um, I have gone with Mark Andrews much for the reasons that you went with Lamar Jackson um, he's he's got a, a good matchup against the Titans, who the the all right against the position, but not amazing. Not one of the best defenses out there against Titans. Put it that way, sort of just outside that that lower third yeah. um, in the league. And I just think that he's having a disappointing year compared to last year. Last week he had a a bit of a better game with uh, seven receptions and 61 yards, but he's just due that game where he has, you know, 60 plus yards and a score and that'll be enough for me. He's also, um, I think Nick Boyle's out, isn't he? So he's expected to be on the field more. And Tennessee's a pass funnel defence, as I hear these people say, which means I think he's a good pick. I almost chose him instead of Hayden Hurst in my, my classic um, picks. So yeah, I'm ex- I think it's. I think also they'll be under owned. I don't. You know, Jackson Andrews at the beginning of the season would have been, you know, top picks and stuff in their relative positions. But the way the season's gone, I think they'll be under owned. Yeah. Um, I've actually contradicted everything else I've said. Now I've gone for Hayden Hurst at tier eight, which is, you know, after me saying I'm picking opposite of my classic lineups, so just shake things up and go for exactly the same. Tier eight. <laughs> Well, we'll see how we get on there, Mark. Hopefully, yeah. I'll pull the score back in my favour, but we will see next week. 
I worryingly am more confident about this one than last week's. <laughs> After last week's performance, I can't say I'm confident about anything at the moment with this game. <laughs> See what this week holds. Uh, Mark, it's been a pleasure. It has. A lot of fun. Yep. Um, we will be back same time again next week. Uh, again, you can find me on Twitter at Nick of Wigan. And Mark, where can the listeners find yourself? I'm at underscore SMRF stuff will be great to hear from you over the weekend remember guys these are your lineups it's your money that you're staking so the bookmaker will tell you to gamble responsibly we would always tell you to draft responsibly see you next week to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.